0: Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there.
1: What breaks my heart is when we're not fully living each day the way we want to be when we're we're dulling our senses and we're getting caught on social media and we're feeling badly about ourselves for not having or not doing enough and this is our one chance at at living this profound life experiment that we have so let's make every day an opportunity
0: to feel alive You're listening to the Mindful Mama Podcast, episode 168. Today, we're talking about how to be fully alive with Cara Bradley. Welcome to the Mindful Mama Podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans. I am so glad you are here today because this is a powerful conversation, and it's about becoming more fully alive. Kara Bradley is a former pro skater, a lifelong teacher, a mental strength coach, and the founder of Verge Yoga, and she lives not far from me in suburban Philadelphia, and she also hosts a podcast, Real Women, Courageous Wisdom, and she teaches at international retreats and presents yoga and mindfulness programs at conferences and universities nationwide. And this is a powerful conversation. Kara and I talk about, you know, this idea of thriving right and we have to ask this question right do you, do you remember the last time you felt fully alive and she describes this state really beautifully as an state of open clear brightness contentment right and this is really in fact our natural state just beneath the busyness of our lives so This state of being fully alive, feeling fully alive, it makes us better parents, better workers, better friends, and we can cultivate this in our daily lives. I'm sharing it with you because it's possible. You can do this. We can do it. So I'm excited for you to join me at the table as we talk to Kara. Listen for, you know, these ideas and how it's important to remember what we felt like as kids. How our attention gets duller because we become preoccupied with performing. And then how we can design our lives around flow and becoming more fully alive. I know you are going to get so much out of this episode, my friend. And yes, it's very, very valuable. So before we dive in, I just want to let you know that if you're listening to this in real time, I, if you're listening to this on the day this comes out, I'm currently in my week-long silent meditation retreat. Oh my gosh. So I'll have to let you know how it is when I get back. And I'm also welcoming people into my group coaching programs for next year or for the later half of the year, for August through September. And it's the Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Groups. And it's a five-month group coaching program with a sisterhood of other mamas who are not willing to settle for just getting through the days in a state of frustration and busyness and constant, ah, you know, who want to thrive, who want to find that calm and peace within, have the practices to do it. And we do it over a period of time because it took us some time to get here. So it takes some time to to really build that foundation and that inner work to to get to that place of thriving. So I invite you to join me. I would love, love to work with you. If you would love to work with me in the coaching groups, you can check it out right now at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And we, my team will help you out, get you into the right group. And I'm even happy to hop on the phone with you myself when I am not silently meditating all day, which should be very soon. (laughs) So, all right. So check that out. That's at mindfulmammamentor.com slash group coaching. And now please join me at the table as I talk to Cara Bradley. Cara, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Hunter. It's great to be here.
0: I'm happy to talk to you, and you and I have kind of been in similar circles for a while. We're kind of close to each other geographically a little bit, but I went to your yoga studio, and I was then very sad that I couldn't go to your yoga studio more often and that you weren't closer to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I was sad that I didn't see you, because I think I was out of town when you came to visit and do a a great workshop for our students, so thank you for that.
0: It was, it was a lot of fun. So you have been interested and fascinated by personal development and, and living really to your fullest and kind of the idea of our our human potential for a long time. This has been a real passion of yours. And I know that you were a very intense, figure skater too. So I'm just wondering like, are these two are these two things linked and, and where did this passion for wanting to sort of get to our 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 fullest potential come from for you? Mm, that's a,
1: a great question. You know, it even goes back before my figure skating. I ha- I I think when I look back in my childhood and I think as parents, you know, it's important for us to remember how we felt when we were kids, because I remember what I was so incredibly interested in sunsets as a kid. And I would find my way to, we we had this little cottage on the Long Island Sound in the summer times, and I would often go and sit and I'd watch the sunsets at night. And I remember my body feeling differently in different types of sunsets. Some sunsets were really orange, some were really red, some were cloudless. And I just remember spending that 20 minutes by myself, you know, seven, eight years old and just being with the sunset, you know, and I Mm -hmm. think as kids, we do this a lot and we forget to do it as adults. So it goes back to then. And I remember, Being very intrigued as to why, and my mother would ask me, "Why do you love sunsets so much?" Well, then fast forward into being a figure skater, and you know, I just have to say, I really wasn't a very good figure skater. Um, I was very (laughs) mediocre, and but I loved it. Like I loved everything about the whole process of putting your skates on and being out there on the ice. And I did skate before school often. Back then, we had to do something called figures, which are figure eights. And you had to trace the figure eight on your blade. And you were judged on the edge that you were able to hold or how your turn was. And my friends all hated figures. In fact, they don't even have figures anymore. I loved figures because there was something about the relationship between the mind and body That even back then as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, I remember if my mind went too far ahead of me, or if my mind thought about something different, then I would often go flat on my blade. And so I became really intrigued with how could I stay in my body, stay in my body, stay in my body for the whole figure eight so that I wasn't... Gonna go flat on my blade, and I think that was really the the seedlings for this whole exploration in human potential and mind body connection that I that I'm into now.
0: Huh, that's awesome! I love that that image of you and in, in the figures. You know, it brought to mind for me. I was a horseback rider as a kid, and we did something similar to figures called dressage. You know, where you have to do figure eights and. 20 meter circles and seven. I was not into that. I did not like that at all, but I loved jumping. I love cross country jumping and the feeling of just being, yeah, it was that same feeling. It's, I guess that, you know, that flow state of being like one with the horse, we're both connected, we're both focused on the same thing there's no, there's no distraction. (laughs) There's no room for distraction at all. Like just as it would be for your figures. Like there's no room for distraction when you're jumping a three foot stone wall. Like it's like, it's a wonderful feeling and that's, and it's an exhilarating feeling. It's interesting when you think, I'm thinking back to what you said also about kids and sunsets. And a part of me wonders, like, do kids even do this anymore? You know, because we're so, so distracted now but for us who did have those moments i used to go down to the water i lived in rhode island and i used to go down to the water i used to watch the sunset and you know for us who do did have these moments i think in a lot of ways there's some there's like a dulling that happens as we grow older as we're like we're like i've been there and done that feeling for almost everything in life in some ways like I don't know. It's something I actually have been kind of noticing more recently is this idea of like, I think maybe there is a natural just, you know, the way the mind takes shortcuts and labels and all those things that we just don't see things w- with the same excitement and awe. It sounds like, I mean, from from reading, you know, your book on the verge, and it sounds like you're, I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, but it sounds like that's in some ways you're trying to like get to that, that fresh seeing like where you in the moment that you had as a kid. Yes,
1: yes. And and as as kids, we are naturally or more naturally in flow. We're more yeah. likely to be in this state where action and awareness merge where we feel at one with the horse or the ice or the soccer ball or the piano or the coloring book you know where we get lost in our sandbox when we get lost in whatever it is we're doing dancing in the backyard and so as as kids we're we're natural flowies we're natural flow junkies and like you said as we get older we start to dull those senses. And it's not that necessarily our senses get dull, but our attention on our senses mm-hmm. gets duller because we start becoming more preoccupied with performing. You know, how, how unfortunate, right, for our children that there's such an emphasis placed on performing. You know, back when I was a skater, I mean, I knew I wasn't as good as some of the girls, but it w- didn't really matter because I really loved it. And I didn't have the aspiration to necessarily go to the Olympics. I knew I couldn't, I didn't really have the right coaching and my parents didn't have the, the money to really put fo- forth, you know, in order for me to get to skate at that level. But it didn't matter because I just loved it. So, um, you know, as we get older, one of the things that I'm so passionate about is helping people find flow in their lives or and also to recognize where flow is already happening because we're all experiencing flow in some way, shape, or form at least a couple of times a week. And so when people start to realize, wow, okay, that's a flow state, oh, cool, I'm already actually in flow sometimes. Once we can start to recognize it, then we can start to craft our lives and to not design our lives around accessing more flow and then putting flow to work in the places where we want to perform better.
0: I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. is called Understood Explains. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter-Free, It's like having your bestie in your pocket telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter free.
0: And f- playing devil's advocate here, why do we want to access more flow? Why do we want, I mean, don't we want to get stuff done? <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so in my world, flow is, a, is really a, it's an experience. I'm fumbling over my words because I get really excited when I talk about this. Flow is an experience of being fully alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an experience when life just lights up. Our body lights up. Our brains light up. We feel engaged and awake in what we're doing. So flow is an optimal state of, of, of positivity, of happiness, of joyfulness, of well-being. And it's also a state where we just perform better. And perform, in, using that word is tricky because perform, you could think of, oh, now I've got to be more efficient and more productive. Perform could mean just being there in the present moment with your child as your mm. child is explaining explicitly explaining the day they had at school you know and how our adults mind our adult minds want to go and rush it along or to get to the next thing you know being in flow and performing means really to shine in whatever it is you're doing in the moment whether that be putting care into a cooking a really great meal or in speaking at a sales meeting
0: yeah yeah not only is it about being more present but and being there for the other people in our life but actually when we're we're in this state we're going to perform better, you know, all the, the worries and things like that, when we actually drop them or when we're able to be able to focus our attention here and now we're able to then do everything we're, we're doing better. So, so yeah. Okay. There we go. Here's, here's the why. (laughs) Here's the why you talk about in your book, you talk about our, your natural state. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So natural state and flow state in some ways are the same, but I'm going to bring you back to when I was 19 years old and I actually had this flow experience as a college track runner. And I write about it in the book. It was a life changing experience for me. Cause again, I was mediocre at best. I was, a, I ran the 800. I was usually about middle of the pack and I was approaching my last college track race. That last college track race uh, was pivotal for me. I had been running and competing, and so I went off on my own before that race, and I did something unusual for me. I actually took a very slow warm up jog, and I was talking to myself. Now again, I was 19, and I was thinking back to my track career, and I was set, started to say to myself, you know, why don't you just beat your personal record? You haven't touched it in a year or two. Why don't you just go out on top? And so I started to say to myself over and over, like a mantra, didn't know that back then, but like a mantra, personal best, personal best, personal best. And this slow warm-up jog by myself in this mantra did something. It settled me like I'd never felt settled before a run before. Usually I felt so filled with nerves, but that slow warm up jog settled my nervous system. And I stepped up to the starting line feeling clear and calm. I remember feeling, I remember noting, wow, I don't feel like I'm going to throw up like I usually <laughs> felt before a race. And so, as the story goes, I, I ran that race. I don't remember thinking. I remember the track was red. I remember the sky was blue. My senses were lit up. I crushed my personal record. I remember not knowing what happened until I saw the clock. What I do remember is how ordinary I felt. Mm -hmm. I felt so ordinary. While it was an extraordinary moment, I felt like I was that little girl sitting on the beach watching the sunset. I felt like I was that middle schooler on the ice doing figures. I remember thinking, wow, that was, like I felt really open and clear and bright. And so I started to look into this state of being when we are naturally clear and awake, when we are naturally engaged and alive. And it goes back again to being kids, to you know playing playing in the backyard you know as it's getting dark to those moments when when you're a child and you just feel content in mm. who you are and mm. so that's what i write about this natural state of being which is just underneath busyness for us mm. as adults it's just underneath that sense of having to do more or or be more. And it's just right there at our fingertips. And really in my search as a yoga teacher, meditation teacher, and in my work with you know so many students, I've recognized that this state of being is really just presence. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. It's when we just drop into the moment that we're living in and we can do it at any time. We don't need any magical practices or, or fancy apps. It's just here for us.
0: So what is getting in our way then? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful. I love that. How ordinary I felt. And I as you describe that very beautifully, Kara, I it brings me to those moments where I've just felt that clear, beautiful. I love that word clear and bright, you know, just here I am with the world, relating to the world in this you know, with nothing, no filter in the middle. So, what what is that? What is getting in the way of that? Is it's our? Is you know? I mean, I guess maybe the Buddha might say it's our our stories, our thoughts, and our thinking, and all of that. What do you think? Yeah,
1: well, it is. I think it's just our busyness. Okay. I think that if we could experience the joy and the fullness of being present more often we would do everything we could to live there yeah it's really that simple you know so so what i spend a lot of my time doing in my work when i'm either with you know i could be speaking to a bunch of leaders at a conference or or teaching a yoga class is is just reminding people that when we're present we're happier when we're present we know how to relate to one another better. When we're present, we're more compassionate. And when we're present, we actually think more clearly. We make better judgments. We are more creative. And we're able to put um, different, uh, it's called lateral thinking. We're able to put like apples and oranges together in a way that we might not be able to do in our busy mind. So, you know, I kind of throw out all these advantages to being present to help entice people
0: <laughs>
2: to look
1: at it because we think, oh my gosh, I got to get everything done on this to-do list before I allow myself a moment to sit down with a cup of tea. Well, how about if you sit down with a cup of tea for a few moments and really experience your full sensory awareness during that cup of tea and then go ahead and head in to that to-do list more mindfully. What happens then? So I'm just reversing it or trying yeah. to help people reverse it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. To remember, remember that this is inside of you. I mean, Carrie, you strike me though as somebody like myself that has a lot of physical energy. So how does the body play into this. And like, you know, you were an ice skater, you were running track, you're doing, you know, like vinyasa yoga, right? Like in strong, intensive yoga. So sometimes, sometimes I wonder, right, that I think part of this, at least for me, speaking to my own uh, experience is that one of the steps and the clues for me as a young person was, oh, I need to I need to move this energy out of my body. Like I've got I've got this energy and it has got to move. And I call it getting my yayas out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I gotta get my yayas out, and and my family knows. Like if we've been cooped up in the house because of snow for a couple of days or something, you know, I I need to like go for a run or I need to you know, sometimes I do a seven minute workout with my 12 year old. It's funny, but, um, but you strike me as a similar kind of person, like that you've done all this intensive exercise was, I mean, was part of, t- talk to me a little bit about, about the embodiment piece of this. Cause you are like a go-getter, like you're doing these, you know, you're skating, you're running, you're running, starting a business. All of this stuff. So so how does that slowing down and that and that that embodiment piece kind of come together for you?
1: Yeah. I thank you for asking that because that's what I do. You know, I when people say, Well, what do you do for a living? And I simply say I help people get out of their head and into their body as fast as possible. Because when we are stuck in our busy mind, we become this brain on a stick. And we end up missing moments. Pema Chodron, who's a meditation teacher, uh, she, I read a quote of hers years ago, and it just it stopped me in my tracks. And I think it, it really redirected my life. And what she said was, we keep missing moments that we're in. We keep missing stuff. And I thought in that second that I read that quote, I don't want to miss my life. So yes, to answer your question, I am totally about being in my body. I mean, that's really what I spend most of my day doing. I'll use my my brain and thought. And of course, we want we've got these intelligent minds, these intelligent brains. We don't want to just put that to the side, but we want to move and breathe and speak and live in a way that is more embodied, to use your word when we are accessing our full capacity from our body to our senses to our our emotional intelligence and our mental intelligence we're literally firing on all pistons as opposed to just relying on thought so how do we do that we do go out for that run we do you know do the yoga practice we want to Befriend our body and recognize that you're moving like I say it in my book movement is movement is movement is movement and thank God my editor didn't chop that out because I really feel like when we can look at our our workouts or just a walk in the park and any kind of movement as this training to feel more alive perhaps then we, we worry less about the the steps taken or the calorie burn and we start to befriend our bodies as this intelligent vehicle that can provide us with additional insight and wisdom to live more fully so I say bring it all on and let's bring it you know let's let's put it all on the list as ways to train and uh, and to really put forth our full potential out into the world. So I get people moving at conferences, oftentimes I'll jump on stage, and I'll get people in their bodies, because you know, at conferences it could be like, oh my gosh, I have to listen to another 45 minute speech, and we get all in our head and we stop learning. You know, it's why I think in schools, we gotta get our kids moving more.
0: Even just for
1: five minutes at a time, that does the trick.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, yes. Yes, I fully agree. And I love what you're saying about um, movement is movement is movement. It doesn't have to be the 90-minute yoga class. It doesn't have to be the fancy thing. It's about I, seeing it as training to be more alive because I feel like in, it, our culture sets us up for this, such a negative experience with our bodies. We're either completely disembodied because we're just experiencing everything through the screen or we're, our bodies are something to be tamed and to be, well, I love that reframing of like, let's, it is an act of friendship. It's an, of, to move. It is an act of love. It is an act of training. And I, I really wish, I, I feel frustrated with this kind of often. I really wish there were a word for body mind. Like mm-hmm. why, you know, we have in English, two separate words for this thing. And I really, that's not like it's separate. Like we have, ner- you know, we have part of our nervous system in our brain throughout every part of our body. And we have, you know, there's completely interconnected. And when you strengthen the body, you're strengthening your mind because you're giving your mind more energy and more, you know, more fuel and all of those things. And when you strengthen your mind, you're you're strengthening your body. It's not like there's, I, I feel very frustrated with the separation and the, our language that we have to talk about it. We're almost forced to separate it in the way our language is. Whereas even in the way I have asked you the question, right? It's like, I have to ask you separately about embodiment versus the mind, and it's not like they—that separation is um, a manufactured concept. It's very frustrating to me.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I am. I am the same way, and you know, I've called my business Verge Body Mind in in the past, and and I call myself a body mind teacher. So, boy, would it be great if there was just one word for that? And I do. I agree with you. So, here's two things on that. One is been in the fitness industry for three over three decades. And, and I can honestly say, I feel like the fitness industry has hijacked movement. They've hijacked Mm -hmm. movement in the way that we feel bad if we're not, you know, kicking butt every day. We feel badly about ourselves if we're not um, doing the fancy, you know, spin class or at the best yoga studio or this or that. When we moving is our birthright.
0: Yeah. We could
1: move so simply and do so much for us. 15 minutes a day, um, I think it's Harvard Medical School, says, you know what, 15 minutes a day of movement is really, It's not, not to say it's enough, but it is your baseline for a healthy lifestyle. And so I've had people come up to me at conferences in the past after three, three four minutes of movement, and have said to me, my gosh, I never realized I could move like that and feel so good. And so I'm with you, Hunter, like, let's reframe this. And then from the mindfulness aspect, you know, to think that mindfulness is just about noticing thought, coming back to breath, being, you know, noticing thought, not getting distracted, it makes it all neck up. Mm -hmm. How do we make this about our whole being? What I've tried to do and what I speak about a lot is state training or noticing what is happening in your state of being. Hmm. What's happening in my heart? What's my heart rate doing? What's my breath pattern doing? How do I feel right here, right now in this moment and making our state our priority? Hmm. So that's just been my clunky way of trying to pull it all under the same umbrella and working it all together. Because what's so cool and that what we're learning so much right now from science is that every emotion that we have has a breath pattern associated with it. So anger has a breath pattern our own unique breath pattern. So my anger may have a different, I may have a different breath pattern than you, but every single emotion I have has a, has its own breath pattern. Every, and that then translate into our, into our mental patterns. So when we can become more familiar with our breathing, then perhaps we can, we can become more familiar with what may happen emotionally for us so it's all the same. And this is my, my joy and my hope is that people start to really embrace their state of being as being number one. Where am I now? Where am I now? How am I feeling right now? Can I change something about how I feel now so as not to allow anger to hijack me in another couple of minutes? Mm-hmm. This is how we start to become really intuitive and intelligent beings. I, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we can't do any of that when we're completely rushed and busy to go back to your earlier points about being busy. And, and um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think our world is just kind of pushing us more and more towards busyness. But you, you talk about um, being in sync. And I like how you include with this in, the, in your book, silence, stillness, and which of silence and stillness, I kind of expected. And then you put, you have rhythm, Mm. love that. So talk to me a little bit about rhythm.
1: Rhythm is so cool. And I've actually been doing my own study on rhythm and and what's been done in science on rhythm. So we have these internal, and I'll talk about being in sync. So let me, let me start there. When our bodies and minds are in sync again, why do we have to separate them? I'm not sure. This is just the way we've been conditioned and language as we all know Gets clunky at some point, you know, where language just doesn't suffice. But when our bodies and minds are in rhythm, when we feel like we're in flow, when we feel like, oh, everything's just kind of working out right now and I feel good and I'm doing really well, there's something called coherence that's happening in our nervous system. Coherence is when all of our systems, our autonomic nervous system, our endocrine system, cardiac system, muscular system, everything's just kind of humming, right? You can call it homeostasis. Our, our being is doing the best it can to get back to that state of coherence in every moment. It's how we survive, right? We want to be in this balanced state. However, we get knocked off all the time. We get knocked out and we will, all of us will. Our capacity to be resilient is our is our ability to come back to coherent state more quickly, like a rubber band. You can stretch a rubber band and then its ability to come back to its natural state is its, its capacity to be resilient. So, what happens for us is that we get out of whack. We all do, out of balance, out of whack. Now, what would we do with a child, a baby? Let's go to an infant that's crying. Most naturally instinctively we would hold that child and we would sway right you know it's mm-hmm. like that that new mother like the new mother can't s- stop swaying and shifting weight from side to side even if they're not holding their baby right <laughs> totally <laughs> right it's just that natural rhythm so when we're you know in the womb it's the natural rhythm of our mother's heart rate heart beating. You know, when we come out and we're infants, it's that humming. I remember putting my my fr- first daughter, Christina, putting her little seat, her little car seat on the dryer because it <laughs> would shake the dryer in just that, you know, natural, just kind of a soothing way. So when we move and breathe in rhythm, it is very soothing to us. Think about a walk, a run, when you you know some people love that sense of rhythm when they're swimming perhaps when you're on your horse and you're trotting we go to rhythm in music kids go to rhythm you know even when a child has a temper tantrum you know they may be kind of crying they find themselves crying in a rhythm or moving their body child's pose right back and forth in rhythm So there's not been a ton of study that I've found, but there is some to say that when we move in rhythm or when we breathe in a deep, coherent way, we're soothing our systems to come back to homeostasis.
0: Mm. And that's
1: when we feel most in sync with life. Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know that raising a Differently Wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together, we host the podcast,
3: What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
2: Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom.
0: Just by walking, just by moving, just by putting on some music and maybe moving to it. I mean, I think about dancing. I love dancing. It's one of the things that puts me in a flow state and makes me feel most alive. And yeah, that's that rhythm of everybody kind of moving together. I guess it's almost like I took ceramics in college and when you have a ball of clay, Uh, when you first get that ball of clay, you have to, you kind of knead it like dough, I'm forgetting the word for this. Somebody's listening is like, "Oh, it's this word." Anyway, but you have to need this because when you get this first, get the clay. All the um, cells, all the the cells in the clay are all kind of facing in different directions and things like that. So you do this special kind of knead and twist, knead and twist with your hands, and you do this with the clay. And what that does, it gets all the cell. This kind of rhythmic movement gets all the cells facing kind of in the same direction. It makes the the final pot or or sculpture or whatever stronger because you've aligned all the cells and they're all kind of coming in sync which is so Perfect. um i love I, that <laughs> so i have a question
1: for you yeah. is how how often do you dance
0: well i it was hard you know after having kids it's hard to get up i feel frustrated with dancing because there's the scene is sometimes like it's always late at night there's like lots of drinking to have find anything with good music and people there but i'm really excited because i've just discovered the daybreaker dance parties which are a totally sober dance party that happens in the morning they actually start with a yoga class which i haven't been to the yoga class yet because i've brought my daughters each time i've been and They're in like 26 major cities. And so every month in Philadelphia, there's a daybreaker dance party and the dance party go, the yoga goes from six to seven in the morning and the dance party goes from seven to nine. And so I've been kind of doing that. We have little, when we have a, if we have a, like our house holiday party, we have a dance party at our house because my husband makes music and he DJs it and stuff. So I'm trying to get more of it into my life.
1: Well, that's, that's awesome. I absolutely love that. And so the reason why I asked that question is we can, we can design our lives around flow, we can design our day to, Mm make flow in these states of of high sense, these high definition states is what I call it, high definition, high voltage states of being awake and alive, more available to us. So, you know, why not play music that you love dancing to? Why not play music like that while you're cooking? You know, why not play that music in the bathroom as you're getting ready in the morning? So in, in my life, I in my morning journal, I usually have a section on flow. How am I going to um, create the conditions for flow today? Mm-hmm. And I have all these different ways. Like a, it always includes get outside, even if it's in the middle of winter. To even sit outside in the sun for five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. puts me into a better micro flow state, which are these you know natural these states of being just present in the moment. And so music is such a big flow trigger. We can do that with playing with animals, playing with young children, you know mm. getting silly or we all have different ways playing the piano or or drawing or whatever you know made you feel alive as a child you know go back and see how can I implement some of this? I mean, this is our life, right? We don't want to just be worker bees and then go to sleep at night. You know, let's light ourselves up because that's only going to inform us in our work life that much more. It's going to make us that much better.
0: So how, I love what you're saying. I'm so excited about it. And I believe in that so wholeheartedly. And I know that for me I'm like yes 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 because I know the value of living on purpose and and living a a, a life that's you know a, optimal I know how that affects me and my family and everything but I know a lot of listener you know I know there's I'm sure there's a listener out there who's feels guilty for doing things like that who has young kids who feels like I can't do these things I enjoy in my life because I don't have time. I have to take care of my kids. So what do you say to somebody who's wrestling with some of those ideas as they listen?
1: I say include your kids. So make it work for you now. You know, make it work and it'll change. My kids are in their early 20s. You know, my life has changed so much. I have so much more freedom now, but... When they were younger, I mean, I remember putting on the Gypsy Kings when they were toddlers and we just danced every night. My husband would come home from work and there we were dancing to the Gypsy Kings because (laughs) I loved that and it made me feel alive. So how can you incorporate this sense of aliveness? You know, I love to look back at my day uh, before I go to sleep and think about times during the day when I felt really alive. And that could be just watching the sunset, which I still love to do. It can be, you know, cooking a new recipe and including your kids in doing it. What is it that makes you feel alive as a parent? Not necessarily like, what's going to increase my kids' IQ so that they get into the best college? Come on, let's think about like, what makes you feel fully alive? And some of that you might be able to do with your kids. And you know what? It's going to help them feel more alive as well. So, you know, I. I don't know the thing that breaks my heart and I often ask other people this question, like what breaks your heart? You know, what breaks my heart is when we we're not fully living each day the way we, the way we want to be when we're, we're dulling our senses and we're getting caught on social media and we're feeling badly about ourselves for not having or not doing enough. And this is our one chance at, at living this profound life experiment that we have. So let's make every day an opportunity to feel alive. Sometimes feeling alive is in the, in the tough moments. You know, sometimes feeling alive is caring for the aging parent. You know, I, I lost my dad last year and for the year before that, you know, it was, there was a lot of caring, but it made me feel human and alive to do that because I knew I was in exactly the right place that I needed to be in. And parenting is very much the same. So how can we feel more alive every day? And the rest will come. Yeah. I have no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Amen. I'm Dr. Dan Siegel who's been on the podcast. He's he says that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's ability to be present. Mm-hmm. Like that is the number one thing you can do for your kids is be as present as you possibly can. So in your book you describe letting go and letting be and I love that and you you say are you forcing fixing or fleeing and so maybe we can kind of finish with with this idea like when we have kids and we are so like uh, your world is turned upside down you're like oh my gosh I have to keep them safe this is the most important job and also our ego is involved because our kids are a reflection of us and it's really easy for parents to get really controlling and to create a relationship that's that can have a lot of antagonism kind of back and forth, and knowing that maybe sometimes we need to let go a little bit more, we need to give them a little bit more autonomy sometimes we need to let them be a little more sometimes how how can we how can we do that? Talk to me a little bit about letting go and letting be. Oh boy,
1: that is a big subject, <laughs> and it's it's two little words. Let's just talk about the words let go. My meditation teacher, uh, Scott McBride, who, who lives in the Philadelphia area, he studied with the masters of the masters of the masters. And he told us once in class that his, one of his teachers, Trump Rinpoche, said, he said, if I could just give two words for this, all this practice, for everything that we're doing here, and all this time spent in meditation and study, it would be let go. Let go. If we could start there, and we have to start with ourselves, because we really can't learn how to fully let someone else be unless we allow ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. So it can be a simple mantra, but it has to start with us. Can we be kinder to ourselves? Can we put less pressure on ourselves? Can we let ourselves have a good cry? Can we let ourselves dance? Can we let ourselves just be and not have to do 5,000 things in a day, let go, let go, and then we start to allow others to let go. And if we can allow our kids to be, oh my goodness, as parents, it is such a gift to give them, especially in this world today. Can we let them make the mistakes? Can we let them skin their knees? It's the most profound way that we learn is through failure
0: mm-hmm.
1: can we let them fail and I know it's not easy mm-hmm. believe me I've uh, you know looking back at the way I parented my children I knowing now what I know now I would have let them skin their knees a little bit more often but it we are not gonna be able to do that unless we're able to do that with ourselves and when mm-hmm. we can let go and, and what I do physically to bring it into my body is I turn my palms up I turn my palms up in this act of surrender. And I would do it with employees. I do it with, with Kit, my kids and with my husband. When I felt myself getting triggered, I turn my palms to the sky as, as a reminder to just let things be a little bit more, just a little more.
0: That's had to have been hard as somebody who is you know, an achiever, a business owner, a mom, uh, all, you know, you were getting a lot of things done to the, this lesson of turning your palms up. It probably wasn't easily come by for you.
1: No way. Not easy. But I'll tell you, it is such a game changer to let go and be kind to ourselves first. Such a huge game changer for me for my life and i'm so proud of my daughters you know i'm so proud of my business i'm so proud of everything that i've achieved and i'm so grateful that i that i found out early enough how to be present for my my family how to be present for for those that work for me to give people space, to give people opportunity. And it, it not only has made just the path that much more enjoyable to walk on, but it's also made things easier in respect for me. I don't have to make it all happen myself.
0: Hmm. I love that. Kara. it has been so fun to talk to you. I'm sure I could probably sit and talk to you about these ideas for much longer, uh, for sure. Where can people find out about the work that you're doing in the world?
1: Well, thank you. And it's been great. You've had such great questions that allowed us to go that, that deep into, into these conversations. So I appreciate the opportunity as well. My website, carabradley.net, Bradley.net, It's Cara with the C, and it's net. And uh, I have everything on there from the events that I'm holding out um, out there in the world to my weekly podcast, which is just a solo podcast I put out with a very uh, simple message once a week. So I do that as well. Cool. And social media.
0: Cool. And yeah, I wanna I wanna thank you for. You know, from from figure skater and kid looking at sunsets, I, I, you know, it's funny because I I say to my clients all the time that like as you create more peace in yourselves, you create more peace for everybody. And I think yet you're clearly a living example of that. Like, it, I mean, and for the listener, you don't even have to have as wide a reach as Kara does to, to be able to do that. But what you've done, Kara, in the world as far as like, looking at yourself, looking at how can I show up more fully, you know, you have shown up more fully. And when the way you've done that has been a gift to all of us and has been to, you know, the ripple effects, I'm sure are wider than you can imagine. And so I I really appreciate the way you, you know, your wisdom and, and what you're sharing with us today and, and the way you're showing up. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you, it's my, it's my pleasure and, and my purpose is really to, to allow energy, positivity, and presence to flow through me so that if I can make that tiny mark on the world and make others feel more alive, then I rest my head at night with a smile on my face.
0: Thank you so much for listening. What a great conversation! I really enjoyed talking to Kara. She has so much wisdom, and um, I think we need to take it right. Our lives are, you know, the, fleeting. We need to. Why not be fully alive? Why not live to that potential of of really incredible vivacity with life? Right. This is what what we want. that is what I want anyway. I love that idea uh, about you know just remembering what it felt like when we were kids and this idea of that we get preoccupied with performing and this, you know, we can get more flow, more fully alive in our lives this I, this state of open, clear, bright, Content. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. So if you are wanting more of that, this is what we work towards in my Mindful Mama Transformation coaching groups. It's a small group coaching program, and it will be running from August through December, but we are welcoming people now. There are a few spots left in the coaching groups And I would love to work with you. So if you want to work with me on these things, please go check it out at mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash group coaching. And I'm happy to even hop on the phone with you um, to chat about it. So... I hope you loved this episode. Please share it. Please let the world know. And so everyone can become a little more fully alive, right? This is what we need to help people become more fully alive. I truly believe that. So I I wish that for you as you go into this week and let us work towards, you know, doing becoming more fully alive together. Yeah. All right. Have a great week, my friend. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from really being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to be having a more grounded more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable cooperative relationships with my kids and I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this and I wanna show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, mindfulness for moms, the superpower you need, and it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.MindfulMomGuide.com
4: Oh hey everybody! It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings